have for a title this morning being the last Sunday before a blaze. My intent is to prepare us to get our hearts ready for a blaze. A blaze is our annual conference. It's like none other. So it's a very special week. This is a very special week here at the Expression House. May I let us know before I begin to preach that from tomorrow, Monday to Wednesday, we're going to be fasting and praying towards a blaze. Further information will be communicated at the second service. So you want to wait for the second service and get information so that you know how to key in properly into what God is about to do. We're going to have a prayer chain. Our online prayer continues at 6 to 7 a.m. on MixLR. But we're going to be coming here physically, I believe from 8 a.m. or so to about 5 p.m. Fasting, waiting on the Lord, looking to him for what only he can do in our lives. I don't want anybody to miss out. Every person has their own time of visitation. And this is ours. When Jesus came close to the city, Jerusalem, he wept over it. Why? Because they knew not their hour of visitation. The reason many continue to struggle in life is because they missed out on the moment for them. The moment that God came for them. Every man has their moment. If you look at Psalm 105 and verse 19, the Bible speaks about Joseph there. He said, until his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. Until his word came. So, there was a moment that his word came. And he was found doing the right thing when his word came. And then the king sent for him, brought him out of prison, made him a prime minister. That was a defining moment in the life of Joseph. He would probably have ended up his life in that prison. Because he was accused by the wife of the most powerful man after Pharaoh. The chief of army staff. Nobody jokes with their coerce, chief of army staff, in any country. That's not just the wife of a recruit. The wife of an army general, he would have languished in prison forever. But his word came. And the word met him at the right place doing the right thing. And through one of the people that he administered to, he was recommended to the king. And the king said, go get me that guy. Fetch him for me. Moment by moment. Every moment is important. So, one of the things we do is to prepare our hearts. Tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, we are fasting and praying. Praying online 6 to 7 a.m. Then come in here. You log in an hour of prayer. They will give you further information. Just come in at your own pace, at your own time. Log in an hour of prayer. And then you can go back to work, go back to school and all of that. And I want to be sure that everybody has blocked out this weekend to meet with God. It's very important that you block it out. 
to meet with God. It's a moment of destiny. It's a defining moment. And I believe that at the end of this week, everyone will be singing a new song in the name of Jesus. I have for the title, Preparing to Host the King. Preparing to Host the King. Proverbs 16 and verse 1 is where I'll be preaching from. The preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. The preparations of the heart in man will trigger the answer of the tongue from the Lord. When God sees the preparedness of your heart, it will give a peaceable answer of the tongue. God is looking at our heart. God judges motives faster than actions. That's why when the prophet Samuel was, was going to make a mistake of anointing Eliab, David's eldest brother, as the king of Israel, God said, no, I've rejected him. There is a man after my heart. He was a shepherd boy taking care of his father's sheep. He didn't look like a king. Eliab had a big stature. The brothers were big in, in physique. And God said, no, 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 no. That one that they despised, I've seen his heart. God is always, he told Samuel, he said, you are looking at the countenance, but I'm looking at the heart. I'm looking at the heart. This season, God is looking at our heart. Are you prepared in your heart to meet with the Lord? Preparing to host the king. When you want to host a big man, you prepare. If the governor, for example, says, I just want to have dinner with your family. I'm sure when he gives you the date, preparation starts from that day. You want to repaint your sitting room. You want to change the rug. You want to repair your AC that is not working. Or you want to buy a new one. I mean, you make preparations. Why? Because the governor is coming. You don't just, oh, just come anyhow. Even if your house is in order, you want to be sure that everything is Top-notch. He has told you I'll be there at 2 p.m. You tell the security man, turn on the gen from 12 noon. Power the ACs. I want him to enter and the house is cheered. <laughs> it's not that when he gets there, he says, you start looking for the remote of the AC. No. That's a man. That's a man. Even if it's not the governor, if anybody tells me they are coming to my house, I prepare. I tell my children, I want them. Be at your best behavior. Now, take that pillow. Take it away. Now, what's that on the floor? You prepare. That's a human being. Can you now imagine when God is coming? Many times we don't prepare because we take him for granted. It is God. We don't see him anyways. He's here. But when he says, I want to come, he's saying, I want to manifest myself. So you don't get it twisted. There is the ever-abiding presence of God, which is everywhere at every time. But there is the manifest presence of God. That one doesn't show up every time. That is what is called the Shekinah glory. And that's what we are experiencing, that's what we are expecting, rather, at Ablaze 2022. We want the manifest presence of God. In addition to the ever-abiding presence that we have, we want the manifest presence. And therefore, we must prepare. Are you with me this morning? Ablaze is not something that happens every time. A blaze has its own season. 
There are things that God does daily. There are things that God does daily. Psalm 68 verse 19. Blessed be God who daily loaded us with benefits. There are daily benefits that God loads us with. Regular daily benefits. In 1 Chronicles 12, 22, the Bible says, Daily God sent men to help David on a daily basis. It said day by day God sent men to help David until the army of David became like the army of God. God sent David help, how often? Daily. On a daily basis. King James says day by day. So there are things God does daily. In Lamentations chapter 3 from verse 21 to 23, it said, this I recall to mind, then I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Verse 23, it says they are new. How? Every week. They are new every month. No, they are new when? Every morning. He said, great is thy faithfulness. So, part of his daily benefits are the new mercies that we find. He does that daily for us, his children. Jesus teaching the disciples to pray, said, pray this way, part of the prayer, the, Father, the Lord's prayer, give us day by day our daily bread. In Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 4, Isaiah put it this way. He said, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakened morning by morning. He wakened my ear to hear as the learned. He wakens, he awakens my ear morning by morning to hear as the learned. These are some of the examples of the things that God does on a daily basis. However, there are things that God does at certain seasons. No matter the pressure you put on God, certain visitations are reserved for certain seasons. It's like our Dunamis convention every year. That's the convention of the Mother Church. These are our Dunamis, ablaze. So, there are certain blessings, certain visitations that God reserves for such meetings because there is a special preparation ahead. Everything written in the Bible is written for our learning. I've read in the Bible as a student of the Word of God that there are certain things God does, God does daily. I've also read in the Bible, I've seen in the Bible that there are certain things that God does season by season. And the Bible, whatever you read there, is meant for your learning so you can learn the ways of God. In Romans chapter 15 and verse 4, the Bible says all the things that were written aforetime, that is before now, were written for our learning. They were written for our learning. So we ought to be learners to learn the ways of God, to know the ways of God. In Psalm 103, the Bible tells us in verse 5 that he made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The children of Israel did not learn the ways of God. They only experienced the acts of God, the miracles, the wonders. But Moses learns the ways of God. And when you are in command, when you learn the ways of God, you'll be in command of his acts. Can I have an amen to that? So everything you study in the Bible is for your learning. 
In Proverbs 1.5, it says when you instruct a wise man, it will increase in learning. What are you supposed to learn? Learn the ways of God. How does God do his things? Do you know your God? Know him, know his ways. Because it's only the people that do know their God that shall be strong and do exploits. Daniel 11.32. Those who learn, who spend time to learn the ways of their God. I've come to understand from my learning that God does certain things daily. But I've also come to understand that God also recognizes special seasons. And so he does certain things. He reserves them for special seasons. That's why in Zechariah chapter 10 verse 1, the Bible says, Ask ye of the Lord rain in the season, in the time of the latter rain. He said that is when to ask him. And the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to everyone grass in the field. That's why we see different plants and fruit flourishing and blossoming at different seasons. Mango has its own season. Banana has its own season. Orange has its own season. Different plants, different groups, different uh, fruits have their own seasons. The seasons that they prosper and flourish. There's a season they only bring forth leaves. But there's a season. In addition to the leaves, they have flowers. There is a season when the flowers will begin to blossom into things that are edible, that are useful for the service of mankind. In Psalm 1 verse 3, it says, And it shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth its fruit in its own season. Everyone has their season. God does certain things at certain seasons. Don't be envious of other people when they are blooming in their own season. It might be your own season of planting. It might be your season of watering. It might be your season of weeding, weeding off certain habits from your life. A season that God is pruning you to make you a better person, helping to develop your character for the greatness that is coming, for the blossoming that is coming. Because if you are not prepared for that, you make a shipwreck of your faith. The Bible said the prosperity of fools destroys them. The reason some are delayed in experiencing prosperity is because God doesn't want them to be destroyed because they are not yet mature for what is coming. And the hair, the book of Hebrews tells us, as long as it's a child, is not better than a slave in the house. He doesn't know much. If I put a million US dollars in my son's account, it's only 11 years old, it's only 10. What does he know? How does he know to spend that? If you give that to him now, he will just squander it. I want to go to Disneyland. And then I want to, you can't even drive a car yet. But by the time the boy is 18 years old, you can say, yeah, no, I, this is the school I want to attend. I want to go to Harvard. I don't want university, but I want Harvard. No, because now he's becoming mature. And then he's able to handle certain things. God will not put certain things in your hands because you are not yet mature for them. Therefore, if you're in a season of pruning, a season of weeding, don't be envious of other people who might be in their own season of blossoming. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because you know that you are not forgotten by God. Somebody say, I'm not forgotten by God. Say, I'm not forsaken by God. He makes all things beautiful in its own time. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 tells us that. God makes all things, how many things beautiful? Does that include your life? In Genesis 8, 22, the Bible tells us of the different seasons of life. While the earth remaineth, seed, time, harvest. Winter 
and summer, heat and cold, day and night will not cease. Different seasons of life. God does certain things at certain seasons. It won't be night all through, and it won't be day all through, as long as we're here. When we cross over to eternity, there'll be no more night. The Bible said there'll be no night in the city. Why? Because the light of the knowledge of the glory of God shining in the face of Jesus lights up the planet of heaven. Amen? So there will never be, oh, Nepa! Oh, Nepa, you are crazy. No. There won't be that. It won't be allowed. It's going to be the light of the knowledge of the glory. Oh, man, heaven is so bright. Hallelujah. Because the light of heaven is coming from the face of Jesus. Jesus smiles. Glory be to God. And heaven is lit up. And the same light the Bible talks about in Numbers chapter 6. That's the prayer that God gave to uh, 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 Moses and then to say to Aaron, this is how to bless my children. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you. The same light. Glory be to God. I said glory be to God. Therefore, a child of God is not supposed to spend one minute in depression. Because you have the same light. Amen? God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and I believe verse 6 now. says God who commanded light to shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the gospel, of the glory of God. Let's, let's read that now. Verse 6, for God who commanded light to shine out of darkness has shined in our heart. That's King James English. In contemporary English, it's going to be a shone. Not, not like shined. Glory be to God. Has shone in our heart to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, where is the light of the knowledge of the glory of God? In the face of Jesus Christ. Where is Jesus right now? Is in your heart? So you have the light. Amen? Come on, come on. You need to be aware. You have the light. The same light of heaven is in you right now. Heaven is in you. Therefore, you shouldn't spend one microsecond in depression. Ah, I don't know why I don't have joy. You have joy. Release it. Amen? You have money. Spend it. Ah, then I'm just so broke. No, you have money. Spend it. Amen. You have joy. Release it. You have healing. Release it. You have health. Release it. Satan will attack you. Yes. He will place a demand. Yes. Cast him out. Resist him when you submit yourself to God. Heaven is in you right now. You have no reason to be broke one moment. You have no reason to be down one moment. You have no reason to be sick one moment. No reason. No reason. People shouldn't come and be saying sorry. No. No, no room for sorry in my life. Amen. Every time it's congratulations. Can I have an amen to that? Because the path of the just is a shining light and it shines more and more to the perfect day. So things should get better and better and better and better and better and brighter and brighter and brighter and bigger and bigger and bigger for us. Can I have an amen? There are certain things that God does at certain seasons. We have an example in John chapter 5 and in verse 4. There was a man there who had been there for a long time. There were five porches by the ship, by the pool which was by the sheep market in Jerusalem. Why were they there? The Bible said there lay a great multitude of impotent folk in that, in that place. Why were they there? They were there waiting for that season when an angel would come down from heaven and stir up the water and stir up the water and stir up the water and stir up the water. And this sounds to me like when Paul wrote to Timothy and said, stir up the gift, the gift, the Holy Spirit that is in you. Stir up. Because when that water is stirred up, then it is ready for anything. 
Are you with me this morning? I'm preaching better than you're responding. I said, he's ready for anything. Why? Because anyone that had whatever disease whatsoever, name it, there are certain diseases that medicine has not found solution to. One of them is cancer. They say, well, once the medicine has cancer, they try chemo. If chemo doesn't work, they do radiotherapy. If radio doesn't work, chemo, radio, whatever, 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 until the person dies. But not so, Jesus. Amen? I said, not so, Jesus. In fact, in that pool, the Bible says, whatsoever anyone had, the moment the pool was stirred up, whoever got in first, it doesn't matter the kind of disease they had. Whether it was HIV, whether it was cancer, whether it was diabetes, name it, name it. Whether it was blindness, if they got into the pool first, they came back over. The pool is here. <laughs> Amen. Ephesians 3.20. And now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you could ever ask or think according to what? Let me see how many people read their Bible. According to what? The power that works where? That works in your church? Works in your parents? Works in your pastor? How much will God do in your life? It will do according to the power that works in you. The pool is here. Stare the pool. Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gift that is in you. Don't look externally for solution to anything you're going through. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir up the pool. Because when the pool is stirred up, whoever gets in first is healed of whatsoever disease. Anything comes into your body as a stranger. You, you found a lump as a, as a lady. You know, <laughs> where lumps usually grow. Stir up the gift. You'll find a growth in your body as a man. Wherever it decides to show up, stir up the pool and get in the pool. Amen. Wasn't that why the writer of Jude, the last book before Revelation said in verse 20, but you, beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying as you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are building up yourself. You are stirring the gift. You are stirring the pool. The pool is too settled. That's why sicknesses are settling in your body. It's too settled. Stir it up. Some of us are too like a basic as Christians. We're too gentlemanly. Stir up the pool. Stir up the pool in you. You are too poor. You are too broke. Stir it up. You have everything you need in you. Every naira and copper you need is in you. It's not in the bank. If you don't get it inside, no bank will give it to you. If you get it inside, they will give it to you. The whole kingdom of God is in you. Luke 17, verses 20 to 21. Everything God will do in your life at a blaze is in you. How prepared are you? You live in your pool to settle? Or you're going to get into it and stir it up. When Jude wrote the book, wrote that verse, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. The, you need to understand the word building there is not like really building a house. But yeah, it can be compared to building an edifice, rising and rising higher like an edifice according to Amplified Classic Version. But also, the word build is the word that the Jewish people used when 
they talk about charging their phones, their mobile phones. When your battery is getting low, what do you do? You charge your battery. We use the word charge. They use the word build. They say, hey, come on, I want to build my battery. I want to charge my battery. So you have your spiritual battery in you, your spirit man, and you need to charge him up, build him up. When you build your battery long enough and it gets to 100%, you can make a phone call three hours. Am I right about that? Because your battery, depending on the kind of phone you use anyway, if it's a good one, you, you can use your phone for three hours because your battery is built up. When your spirit man is built up, you can receive anything from God. Are you with me this morning? This is the season of anything. They lay there waiting for an angel to come at a particular season. Because God does certain things at certain seasons. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. The Bible says, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So there is something in the Bible called due season. Americans got that due. Due season. Due season. <laughs> in due season. So God does certain things at certain seasons. At the expression house, this is our due season. Amen. Our blaze is here. And the Lord Jesus Christ is the king of our blaze. So expect Jesus. The guys were interviewing me a couple of days ago. And they asked me, Pastor, what should people expect at Ablaze? Expect Jesus. Expect King Jesus to happen to you. If you don't come with expectation, you're on your own. I can't do that for you. No, no matter how much I love you, I cannot expect. I can't even do that for my wife. Expect Jesus. Expect him to happen to you. Amen? It's a season... This is what the Spirit of the Lord puts in my heart. It's a season when age-long burdens will bow their knees and be lifted up. Chains will be broken and yokes destroyed. So this is the season when captives are set free into the liberty of the sons of God. Can I have a better amen to that? Sicknesses and diseases will bow out at the presence of the king. Can I have an amen? He is not a king, he is the king. Somebody say, he is the king. Celebrate him this morning, come on. The king of ablaze is not a king. He is the king. And this is the season of the king and we want to host the king. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 15. The word of God describes him as the blessed and only potentate. The king of kings and the lord of lords. Revelation 19, 16. The Bible also describes him. It says a vesture. On his vesture was written a name. What was the name that was written? King of kings and the Lord of lords. Can I have an amen to that? Now let's quickly go to Psalm 29 and then see this king that we're expecting at a blaze. Psalm 29. See a little bit about him. A little bit of the resume of our God. It says give ear unto the Lord. Give unto the Lord, rather, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord, which is coming at a blaze. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. 
The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve and discovereth the forest. And in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. The Lord seated upon the flood. Yea, the Lord seated king forever. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Can I have an amen? Verse 10 says, the Lord seated upon the flood. Yea, the Lord seated king forever. Whatever represents a flood in your life, the king will sit on it. It will sit on you. And it will drive out that situation in the name of Jesus. I don't care how long it's been. I don't care how enormous the situation might be. I don't care how terrible. Whether somebody knows about it or nobody knows about it, this season, the king himself will sit upon that flood. And when the king sits on the flood, that means the flood is not going to drown you. Amen? Because he's in charge. Somebody say he's in charge. He's in control. Amen? Say he's in control of my life. So come down. Amen? Praise God. Let me show you one more CV. One more resume. Now this, this essentially talks about the voice of the Lord. How powerful and majestic the voice of the Lord is. And that voice is coming at a blaze. Through every minister, you will hear the voice of God. The better amen. amen. Psalm 114, verses 1 to 8, then I will tell you what to do. Psalm 114, one of my favorite psalms. It says, when Israel, or Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language, Judah was a sanctuary and Israel is dominion. The sea saw it. The sea saw the presence of God and fled. Jordan was driven back. The mountains skipped like rams and the little hills like lambs. What ailed thee, O thou sea, that thou fledest? Thou Jordan, that thou was driven back. Ye mountains that you skipped like rams and ye little hills like lambs. Tremble thou earth at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, which is what we are ex going to experience at the Ablaze Conference. Can I have an amen? The presence of the Lord, which turned the rock into a standing water, the flint into a fountain of rivers. The Bible says that when Jordan saw God, a river, river Jordan is huge, it ran back. The huge mountains saw the presence of God. They started skipping like rams. They were leaping, leaping. They couldn't stand the presence. That sight. Because he's the king of glory. He's wrapped, he's wrapped himself in light. He has wrapped himself in glory. That is the God you serve. So there should be no room for shame in your life. Because you serve the God of glory. Can I have an amen? And that same God is coming at a blaze. Amen? And everything that represents a mountain in our lives will not only skip, they will run away. What do I do, therefore, as I wrap up this message? Number one, three things. Number one, heart preparation is key. Heart preparation is key. Go to Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 21. You need to prepare your heart. You need to prepare your heart. Somebody say, how do I prepare my heart? Don't worry, I'll get there. 
Jeremiah 30 and verse 21. And their nobles shall be of themselves, and their governors shall proceed from the midst of them. And I will cause them to draw near, and they shall approach unto me. For who is this that engaged his heart to approach unto me, saith the Lord? When you engage your heart to approach to God, to say, Lord, I want you at a blaze. I want nothing but you. All I want is you. How you're going to do it, I don't know. But I just want you to, they say you touch people. Touch me. Let me experience you. Let me encounter you. And you say such prayers with the sincerity of your heart. Lord, I want to encounter you. I want to experience your touch. God will look in your direction. Because it says here, is this guy? God was looking at somebody there. He said, well, who is this that engaged his heart to approach unto me? Who is this? It means every time we engage our heart, cutting off all distractions, sitting away from our familiar friends so that we can focus on him, God is paying attention to you also. And if you come fooling with your phone in the sessions and in the services, God is also looking at you. But you know that kind of look. For who is this that engaged his heart to approach unto me? In Ezra chapter 7 and verse 10, the Bible tells us that Ezra prepared his heart to know and to do and to teach the judgments and the statutes of God in Israel. He prepared his heart to know, first of all, then to do what he knows and then to teach what he does. If you teach what you don't practice, you're wasting your time. It doesn't work for you. It's only a matter of time people will know it's not working in your life. But when it is working, results speak for themselves. Are you with me? Before you get to the point of result, preparation first. No teacher goes to the hall or lecture theater to teach without preparation. If he does that, he, would, he himself would just be fumbling in the presence of the student. In this age, where you can quickly go to Google, <laughs> the lecturer says something and they just check. No, sir. That happened in 1948. Since 1965, 25th of September, that law has been changed. It will appear like a fool because it's not prepared. The preparations of the heart must be in man. When God sees the preparation of the heart, the answer of the tongue will come. How do I prepare my heart? Take time off and say, this week, Lord, is for you. I want to encounter you. I cut off every distraction. I cut off every activity that might distract me. And I focus on you. You know what God said in Jeremiah? Same Jeremiah in chapter 29 verse 13. He said, you shall seek me and you shall find me. If you seek me with all of your heart. Not a portion of it. All of it. 
God knows when you are seeking him half-heartedly. And he knows when you are seeking him wholeheartedly. So you choose. This week, I'm going to be wholehearted in my devotion. And I'm going to be sensitive to every moment. I want to encourage you to focus. How do I engage my heart? Focus. Focus on God. Focus on every moment. Don't let any moment pass you by. Let me show you a story. First Kings chapter 20. Very interesting. Only three verses, 38 to 40. First Kings chapter 20, verses 38 to 40. Some of us will, will see, will see something there this morning. First Kings 20, 38 to 40. It says, so the prophet departed and waited for the king, by the way. This was like a drama between a prophet and a king. The prophet departed and waited for the king by the way and disguised himself with ashes upon his face. This was the prophet now. The prophet put ashes on his face and disguised. He had left, he just left the king go. Then he went ahead because he knew the king would pass by that way. He now went ahead and put on ashes and disguised. This is very theatrical. Verse 39. And as the king passed by, he cried unto the king and he said, Hello, king. Please, thy servant went out into the midst of the battle. I went out to fight. I'm a soldier. And behold, a man turned aside and brought a man unto me and said, keep this man. That was the charge he gave me. Keep this man. Don't let him go. For if by any means he be missing, then shall thy life be for his life. Or else thou shalt pay a talent of silver. That was a lot of money. That's like saying a million U.S. dollars. In Naira, how much would that be? 700 and maybe 20 million Naira. Going to a billion, man. They said, Eric, keep this man. Keep him. If he's missing, his life for your life or your life for his life. Or you pay like 720 million Naira. Eric just quickly calculated, man. La, 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 the land my dad bought for me, da, 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 mm-hmm. all the things mommy has bought, mm, da, dum, dum, dum. if I sell everything, then, <laughs> so this was like, your life depends on this, you have only one charge, what is the charge, keep this man, he said, the man brought a man to me, I was in the battle, and a man now brought another man, he said, I should keep him, because that's one of our enemies, if he, if he misses, then my life for his life. Oh, I will pay a talent of silver. See the drama. Verse, verse 40. He said, And as thy servant was busy here and there, he was gone. But unfortunately, as your servant, live long the king, as your servant, that, referring to himself, was busy here and there. I was very busy here and there. The man I was given to keep was gone. He had escaped. Listen to the king. And the king, the king of Israel said unto him, So shall thy judgment be. Thyself has decided it. <laughs> You've decided. That exactly what that man told you. That's what your judgment will be. The king didn't know he was the prophet. Of course, it was a different story. He was trying to pass a message across to the king. You can read the entire chapter and you have a full understanding. But this is my interest this morning. And what is my interest? As I was busy 
here and there, busy here and there, he was gone. Being busy here and there at a blaze may cost you much. Many times, when people miss their moment, they don't know they've missed anything. They are not aware. And then, struggle continues. Whereas God had packaged, like for Joseph, until his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. Psalm 105 verse 19. God had packaged a moment for you that you must not miss. That you must not miss. The preacher and teacher can be saying something and the Holy Ghost is expounding it to you in your heart. This is your word. This is what to do. This is what to do. People come to church and they get business ideas. The preacher is not preaching business at all. But from the same message, somebody is receiving a business idea. From the same message, a surgeon is receiving Okay, this is what to do. The next time I get to the theater, this is how to start an operation. The nurse is getting something. The accountant is getting something. Everybody is getting something. The lawyer is getting something from the same message. Because you are not missing your moment. But if you miss your moment, you won't even know you missed anything. And people pray, 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 pray. Say there's no breakthrough. We don't know why there's no breakthrough. I don't know. I pray, pray, pray. I've fasted. I've prayed. I've sown seed. I've done, I've done evangelism, Pastor. You probably missed your moment. And when that happens, only the mercy of God. Yeah, God is a merciful God. You plead for his mercy for another moment. Amen? But look at this. As I was busy here and there. A blessed season is not the season for buying and selling. I'm being busy here and there. Even if you're a church worker, don't be busy here and there. As you are carrying out your responsibilities, the moment is what time you too deserve to sit down and hear the word. Because your word is coming. Can I have an amen? Until his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. Let's look at that scripture. Psalm 105. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I have two more points to give you, so I won't be long. Psalm 105. Look at verse 19. Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. What happened after? Verse 20. As a result of his word coming, the king sent and loosed him. The king will send for you in the name of Jesus. And the ruler of the people, and let him go free. He made him lord of his house, and ruler of all his substance. You are going to be promoted in the name of Jesus. He said to bind his princes at his pleasure, and teach his senators wisdom. He put Joseph in charge. You will be in charge of your sector, in charge of your business, in charge of your field of endeavor, in the name of Jesus. Until his word came. Until the time that his word came. This is the time that your word is coming. So focus. Prepare your heart. Number two, be expectant. Proverbs 23, 18. Polaki also mentioned that last Sunday. Surely there is an end. No matter what you go through, there is an end. And thine expectation shall not be cut short. The Lord said to me some time ago, be careful what you expect. I said, why, sir? He said, because whatever you expect will come to pass. So I stopped expecting failure. I 
start out a business, I'm expecting it to be successful. I start out a venture, I expect it to be successful. We start a fellowship, I expect it to be successful. Because thine expectation, it didn't say thy positive expectation. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> so get it right. Thine expectation is a blank check. Positive or negative, thine. You expect to die young, you die. Period. You die, we cry. And then you are in heaven. If you make it there. I expect to live long. So I don't care. What anybody say, eh, our life is 70. Uh, by reason of saying 80. Moses said that because John Jesus said that. Moses himself that said he lived 120. Biko. God said in Genesis 6, 3, that I, my spirit will no longer serve with man, for that is flesh. And the number of his days shall be 120. For me, I have believed that, and that's what I'm expecting. I expect favor every day. Psalm 5 verse 12 says, For thou, Lord, will bless the righteous, and you will surround him with favor as with a shield. I expect favor. When I buy things from the store, I expect a gift in addition. And that is happening for me. So, thank you for patronizing us. Take this extra. And it's happening for me. Because I expect it. I expect when I, when I knock a door for it to be opened. Ask. Seek. Knock. If you put them together again, it's still ask. Ask starts with A. Seek starts with S. Knock starts with K. Ask. So I ask God for big things. And I expect to have results. I expect that in a place, God will meet me. I know I'm one of the ministers, but I'm even expecting his own touch in my life. I expect. What do you expect? Someone to write an exam and say, we don't know whether we we'll pass or not. Then get out. If we don't know whether you pass or fail, then go and prepare. <laughs> Amen? What do you expect? People have too many negative expectations. Christians. Christians. As bad as Nigeria may be, I expect to prosper. What do you expect? Ibadan is dry. No, I'm prospering Ibadan. Ibadan. I'm not going anywhere. Ibadan. Ibadan. And I'm doing well. I go everywhere. I return to Ibadan. What do you expect? You think by just entering Lagos, you don't happen. I'm in Lagos. In Lagos, here I come. Things will not begin to happen because you're in Lagos. Do you know how many millions are in Lagos? They have no bearing. Some are supposed to return to Ibadan. Shame will not allow them to come back. What are you doing there? I expect to flourish wherever I am. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me this morning? In Acts chapter 3 verses 1 to 5. No time. I want to wrap this up. There was a man by the gate called Beautiful who was begging arms. And in verse 4, Peter said, look on us. He fastened his eyes on him. I said, look on us. He said, look, and the Bible says in verse 5, and he gave heed unto them. What is that next word? Come on, come on, say it loud. He gave heed unto them, doing what? Expecting to receive something of them. Did he receive something or not? He received more than his expectation. His expectation was to receive some money. But Peter said in the next verse, silver or gold have I not. But such as I have. Give I unto thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man got up, he lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he followed them into the church, leaping and praising God. He had an expectation. 
But God met more than his expectation. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above your expectations. But you must have an expectation. Amen? When I joined this church, I used to come only on Wednesday Bible study, just Wednesday evening. I never came on Sundays. But every Wednesday I came, I came with an expectation. Because from the first time I stepped into the church, I heard the senior pastor teach God's word, Psalm 23. Like I'd never had anybody teach the Bible in my life. I said this without any form of exaggeration or even equivocation. I'd never had anybody. I never knew you could teach the Bible. Teach the Bible. What is there to teach? We don't read the Bible, we fall asleep. That's all. You're looking for sleep, you can't sleep. Open the Bible. Open Nahum, Ezra, Leviticus, Numbers. Somebody began, somebody began. As you began, began. Till tomorrow morning again. Till next Sunday. I came, I stumbled into my destiny by the invitation of two of my friends. And I sat in the corner there. The altar used to be at that point. And I sat in the corner there, that corner. When I heard that teaching, they didn't have to invite me for the next Wednesday. I said, no, I'm coming myself. Next Wednesday. And as I was leaving that night, I said, Lord, I heard you speak to me tonight. I'm coming again next Wednesday. Please speak to me. On that Wednesday as I was coming, I said, Lord, I'm going again. Speak to me. I missed all the prayer, praise, worship. I just came for the word. Nobody told me to speak to myself to come early to partake of the prayer, of the worship, and the full package. And every service, I came back to back every Wednesday. Then my father passed on. I came on Sunday. Every service. God spoke to me because I came with expectation. When I tell some people some of the things that I learned, then they look at me like, where were you? And they were in the same service. The first Sunday I came, the title of the message was, God has a plan for you. My father just died. Immediately in my heart, I questioned that title. God has a plan. Which plan? This man, you have been blessing me. Don't offend me today. Which plan? What was God looking at when my father died? At the end of that message, I broke down in tears and said, Lord, thank you. I'm not hopeless. I said, I'm coming back again next Sunday. I'm coming on Wednesday and I'm coming on Sunday. Lord, every service for me was an appointment with destiny. Till today. It still is. The next Sunday I came, my pastor got up, he bounced off the stage. How do you feel this morning? That used to be his question back in the day. He was, you know, much younger. How do you feel this morning? And the church shouted, Woo! He said, I feel woo too. Glory to God. Now turn your Bible with me to Jeremiah 29. And then he began to read. And said, The title this morning, my title this morning is God has a place for you. God has a plan last week. Today, God has a place. Before he finished, said, This is my place. And it's been my place ever since. I've never been anywhere else. What am I looking for? Jesus is not lost. Jesus is not lost. There's a new church in town. And that's where you go now. You come for first service here. You go there. Your Jesus is probably lost. Or you don't know what you are doing. Ever since I stepped into this church, I found Christ here. What? Is my Jesus lost? No. So, if I leave this place and go to another church, is there another Jesus I want to go and talk to? So, are you telling me the one I told him here, he did not hear? 
Some of you behave like spiritual babes. Ablaze, we don't, we don't have time for frivolities. Ablaze, you focus on him. I never planned to be a pastor. I never thought of it. I wanted to just be a successful businessman supporting the gospel. But he apprehended me, and I'm glad. Oh, and he has blessed me. Oh, and he has given me platforms. And he's still doing it. And I'm glad what God can do in the life of a Mokola boy like me. One encounter. One encounter. All you need is an encounter with God. Be expectant. Be expectant. God, I don't care who is preaching. He might be younger than me. I don't care. God, encounter me. I don't care who is leading prayer. It might be my, my, the agent of my soul. God, encounter me. I don't care who is leading worship. I just want to worship. God, encounter me. I might not even like his face, but God, encounter me. People select. Oh, that guy is the one leading. He doesn't want to sing though. And they cut themselves off of encounter. Listen, I said it before and I'll say it again. People don't know when they miss their time. They don't know when they miss their moment. They don't know. They have no clue. They don't know that. I don't, I don't want him. I don't want her. She's too full of herself. I will not pray. She's the one leading prayer. Shoko, shoko. Is that to speak in tongues? Shoko, shoko, shoko. And you are missing. And you are the one missing. <laughs> Be expectant. In Acts 14, 7 to 10, Paul was preaching at Lystra from verse 7 to 10. Acts 14, 7 to 10. And as he was preaching, there was this man who had never walked in his life. He had never walked. But he fastened his countenance to Paul. And Paul perceived that he was expectant. That this guy had faith to be healed. Go to the next verse. He was a cripple from his mother's womb. The devil is a bad devil. How can a child be born crippled? He had never walked in his life. The same heart Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, that's expectation. Expectation will make you steadfastly behold Jesus in the preacher. Not on your phone. <laughs> okay, that's nice. Very funny. You're on Instagram, you're in church. You are either on Instagram or in church. You can't be in the two at the same time. Except your church is on Instagram. You are watching away from home or away from the country. And perceiving that he had failed to be healed, what did he do? Said with a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And he leaped and walked. He released the gifts of healings and the working of miracles at the same time. At the same time into that guy. The Bible didn't tell us that he laid hands on him. He spoke with a loud voice and the miracle happened through the voice. That's the working of miracles and the gift of healings. The two spiritual gifts went into action. There was also the gift of faith there because he perceived that the guy had faith to be healed. Zah! And the guy got up and began to walk. A man who had never walked in his life. He had never walked. Began to walk at a blaze. Whatever you have never done in your life for good, God will make it the new normal in your life in the name of Jesus. Some of you have never handled subjects. You have been doing projects, contracts of hundreds, and maybe thousands, a little hundred thousand, God will launch you into the million realm in the name of Jesus. 
Some of you have never prayed for the sick and they got healed. In fact, you pray for the sick, they died. From henceforth, you pray for them, they'll be healed. In the name of Jesus. Whatever it is that you've never done will become your new normal. Can I have an amen? Some have never experienced the joy of salvation. See, come to church, read the Bible, always wearing a long face. They don't know what it means to be joyful. Others are joyful around them, they are, they are offended. Why are they screaming out? What's funny? Why are they even laughing? Because they have never experienced it. Don't blame them. They have never. Life has, 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 has boxed them up and given them a new identity. But Jesus is in you now, and the force of joy will be released in you in the name of Jesus. You'll be so joyful that the joyful will call you joyful. Can I have an amen? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on now. Be expectant. Be expectant. Be expectant. Hosea 12, 13. By a prophet, Israel was led out of Egypt. And by a prophet, Israel. Hosea chapter 12 and verse 13. By a prophet and by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet, he was preserved. God's ministers will be speaking as prophets. We have prayed and we are still praying. A lot of prophetic messages will be coming out. All our messages will be coming out as prophetic utterances. And may you be available to receive them. How did God lead Israel out of Egypt? They had been in bondage for 430 years by a prophet. It's not somebody who wears the garb and says, I am a prophet, I have a long beard, I'm a prophet of God. Listen to me, I'm a prophet. Many people believe the Lord their God, but they don't believe his prophets. In fact, <laughs> we're a very prophetic church. The theme of this year's conference, I was telling some of the guys who were with me, I've not told you, I will tell you on Sunday of Ablaze. I'm not going to tell you now. How that theme came into being. It was a prophetic word. It was a prophetic word. Senior person didn't know. When he released it, it was a prophetic word. And I caught the light immediately. I said, Lord, thank you. We have the theme for next year. We got it since last year. Don't think I just slept and woke up and oh, what we say? Let's play around with words. The glory days are here. Now let's put greater. Mm -mm, mm -mm. I will tell you how we got there. Because by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. Egypt is a place of captivity, a place of bondage, a place of containment. When you are contained, your business is contained, your destiny is contained, you can't really flourish in Egypt because you are under taskmasters. But by a prophet, when God was ready, by a prophet, he brought them out. And by a prophet, he preserved them. I pray for you, God is bringing you out in this ablaze. Some of you need to happen to the world. You need to happen. Your brand should be known worldwide. Your brand is not yet known in Lagos. It's not yet known in Badon. Your brand should be known nationwide. And from nationwide, you go to the continent of Africa. Can I have an amen? And from continental, you go global. Can I have an amen? We shouldn't be small. We should be big. We serve a big God. Some of say, I'm doing catering business. I only cater for 10 people, 5 people. No, it's time for 1,000 people. Amen? Can I have a better Amen? God is going to enlarge our territory. You better believe these words. Second Chronicles 20, 20. He said, believe the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. Many believe the Lord their God, they don't believe his prophets. So what do we have in the body of Christ? Many people are established. 
but they don't prosper. Established Christians, but they're not prospering. People know them as Christians. Ah, that one's born again. Ah, we know she's very born again, but she's the poorest person on the streets. She's the poorest teacher in the school. She's the poorest business person in our area. She's the least anointed. She's, you are established. Yes, they know you're established. You're Christian. In fact, your name suggests Christianity. In fact, your middle name is Christian. In fact, when you pray like this, you speak in tongues. Hallelujah. You're established. It's one thing to be established. It's another to prosper. He said, believe the Lord your God. And in the morning, they went to the wilderness of Tekoa. At the wilderness of Tekoa, Jehoshaphat said to them, listen to me, O Israel. Believe the Lord your God. So shall you be established. Believe his prophet. So shall you prosper. Some have prophets in this church, their own church, their pastor. They don't believe him, but they believe online prophets. Online. The ones they, they meet on Facebook. The ones that do prayer on Mixelab. <laughs> People that don't know you. People who don't care about you. When you go through your tough times, they don't, they don't know your address. Ah, that's my prophet. But the one you see, because he's pastoring a church of six people. You ignore him. Is he anointed? Ah, that don't know you at all. Let's learn to wake up. I won't give an offering to a faraway minister while I ignore my minister, my pastor. I won't do that. I won't. When I didn't know, maybe I did. Not now. And the more I honor my father, the more God honors me. I've seen that in my life experientially. experientially. Even when I, have the, I had the privilege to give to his father, I said, my, my father. Because when I see every time, when I run into trouble, you are the one I come and say, Father, what do you, what do you think about this? I, I just want to sample your opinion. We, we had Reverend Bimini Ebola when he came here a few years ago and told us, if all you share with your pastor is just dreams and visions, you're not doing well. Though. Pastor, I saw one cockroach was now pursuing me in the dream. Then the cockroach now pursuing me. In fact, I don't know. And 30 minutes, you're still there talking, talking, talking. Pastor is tired, but he's listening. When blessing comes, you now look for one prophet somewhere. You go and package her. You are my prophet. In fact, when you came online that day, you made, you made a declaration. You give him one million. But your pastor... A journey coming. Talk, talk. Visions and dreams. Thank God. I don't even have time again. <laughs> Amen. Hey, Benny. But I have time for people that are serious. I'm not talking about, we're not trading the anointing for money. But I'm teaching you to be responsible. That's how to be a responsible Christian. Some say, ah, that church is built. It's fine. It's beautiful. That's why I'm going there. People built it, not angels. Can we build our own? Why are you not useful at home? We want to be useful abroad. Some of my children, the one that I call my own children, when they go abroad, they send their tithe home. Home. But some who are very big, yeah, you can't talk to them. Yeah, what was the meaning of that? Pastor will not know how much I'm earning. <laughs> like I want to, you know, this is not an asking pastor. Mm -mm, never. Ask you for anything. Never. If you give to me, it's a privilege to you. A privilege. I look to God for my, is my source. It's not what you give me that blesses, that makes me prosper. Mm, it is what I give. I sow seeds. I live by my own giving. So when you give to me, that's a plus. Amen? Believe his prophet and you shall prosper. I want more people to prosper in this church. I've told God though, at least raise a hundred millionaires, legit people here. Regardless of what they do. 
Not everybody will be IT. Not everybody will be doctors. Not everybody will be lawyers. But whatever you do, that God will rest on it. They say government is doing free feeding uh, for schools. Somebody is getting the contract now. Why can't it be one of us? They say somebody wants to sew uniforms as an NGO. They want to sew uniforms for out-of-school children because they want to encourage them to go back to school. Somebody is a fashion designer sewing those things. Why can't it be here? There are designs every time. Lagos, Abuja, everywhere. People are having big events. Somebody is the graphic designer designing those things. Designing even for the government. Why can't it be somebody here? That's the way I think. The government wants to develop low-cost housing estate. I want a realtor, a realtor from my church to be the one to get the contract. Can I have an amen to that? That's the way I think and that's the way I pray. So it will not be nice when those prayers have been answered and then you now find a church that is air-conditioned. The expression house is even hot there. This one that I'm wearing today, I managed to wear it because we have to do awareness. It's not bad if this hall is air-conditioned. It's not, it's not bad at all. And I'm, I'm not praying to God to send people from outside. I want God to bless you guys, bless us, and we do this as our project. Can I have an amen? Number three, which is the last. In addition to number two, as you keep your focus, as you are expectant, Jesus will give you instructions. Isaiah 30, 21 says, your ear shall hear a voice, a word behind you. Isaiah 30 and verse 21. Your ear shall hear a word behind you. Isaiah 30 and verse 21. Isaiah 30, 21. And your ears shall hear a word behind you, singing, this is the way. Walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left, as you focus and as you expect that, during this ablaze, it will give you specific instructions. Amen? Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And as instructions come, may the Lord bless you. Number three, which is the last. Sow a bountiful seed for a bountiful harvest. Don't be a consumer in the house of God. Sow a bountiful seed for a bountiful harvest. What you sow determines what you reap. Now, don't quickly jump into the conclusion of money when I say sow a bountiful seed. There are at least three seeds to sow. Number one is the seed of prayer. Make quality time out. Not five minutes, not 15 minutes, not even 45. Quality time to pray for a blaze. And say, Lord, I've joined them at the mixer hour, 6 to 7 a.m. I've come to log in an hour. But I want extra time alone with you. I'm not even praying for myself. Lord, I'm praying that you come to a blaze. Invade our hearts. Bless your people. Break chains. Destroy yokes. You're sowing a seed. By the time the pastor comes and preaches and makes an altar call and people troop out from everywhere to give their life to Christ, don't think it's because of the, uh, the, 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 the dexterity of the pastor or his eloquence. It's the seed, the prayer seed that many have sown in addition with the word. The spirit and the word cooperating. Boom. Then we have manifestation. And let me tell you, for every soul that comes to the kingdom, God will credit your account, your heavenly account. You prayed. 
And this has happened. You prayed. This has happened. Prayer seed, number one. Number two. Sow the seed of soul winning. You yourself go out this week. We have floats on Wednesday. I think between 4 to 5 p.m. or so. Or 5 to 6 p.m. They'll give you instructions. Don't say, I don't have time. I will now be going on the street. We will now be dancing. We will now be looking for people to, to, to invite. Well, if you're an executive, you can stay back at home. But the people that want to go, make sure you do it with, the, with all of your heart and you do it with joy. Isaiah 52 verse 7 tells me something. He says, how beautiful are the feet of those on the mountain of the people that publish the gospel. Isaiah 52 and verse 7. 52 and verse 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, thy God reigneth. How beautiful are their feet. I told some people some time ago, I don't pray for shoes. I preach the gospel. When I preach the gospel, God buys me shoes. I haven't bought shoes in a, in a while. Nice shoes. This is the word of God. Preach. Apart from their feet being beautiful in terms of spiritual stuff, in the physical also, I'm saying God will buy you nice shoes. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet. Get out. Get the word out. Minister to someone. Invite them. Go all out to personally bring them. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You don't need more than a soul. A soul to yourself. If you can do two, that's fine. You can do three, beautiful. But at least a soul. And the last in sowing seed is the seed of money. Make sure your money is in this project. Don't stand aloof. Don't stay aloof. Make sure that when we come Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you can also say, Lord, I thank you that I sowed a bountiful seed into a blaze. Do you know why Jesus cursed the fig tree in Mark 11, 12 to 14? He cursed the fig tree because that fig tree was taken from the ground, taking nutrients, but wasn't given back. When it was time to give back, it brought forth leaves instead of figs. I understand that fig trees bring forth leaves and figs at the same time. When you see leaves on them, it means there are fruits on them. So Jesus came near. Maybe he could find something to eat on it. And he got there and there were just leaves. So why have you been taking nutrients from the ground? And you are not giving back. Jesus said to that tree, no man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. And that moment, it began to dry out from the roots. So much so that Peter... The next day they were coming out of Bethany, said, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cast is withered from the roots. Why? It was a consumer. Many Christians come to church with consumer mentality. What can I get from the church? What can I get? What can I get? What can I get? You are not thinking of what can I give to the church? How can I be a blessing to the church? And this is not the church that asks you for money every time. But when it comes to a blaze, I will ask you for money. It's not for me. I've sown my own seed, bountiful, and I want to do more by the help of God. So, join me. The kind of seed you sow will determine the kind of harvest you receive. It's in the word of God. 
He that sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. He that sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Give me 2 Corinthians chapter 9 from verse 6. And then one more scripture and then we close it. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 from verse 6. But this I say, let's read it together. One, two, go. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly, that's kikirili. Let me just give them something small. Let's take 2K, Jerry, and let me rest. Or take 5K. If you can give 50 and you give 5, you have sown sparingly. Because God knows your capacity. If you can give a million and you give 100,000, God knows your capacity. He that soweth sparingly shall also reap how? Oh no, little seed, huge harvest, amen, hallelujah, that's our prayer. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Don't contradict the word of God. And this also goes to your business, your trade. You put 30 minutes of rehearsal and you want a result of a mega star. No, it doesn't happen that way. Some of our men that are crafts people, the reason they are not excellent, the reason there's no finesse in their work, is because they are too lazy to put in extra hours of work. So you can see error in their work. Apply yourself to your trade. If you're a website developer, you are a fashion designer, you are a makeup artist, you are a mechanic, you are an electrician, you're a carpenter, you're into woodwork, whatever you do, you, you are into house painting. Some people will paint their house and you will say, Is this house? A piece of plastic. Because it's just going to be picturesque. Nice. Neat. You will find paint, stains of paint all over the place. But some people give them one room. One room to paint. You see, the whole floor is full of rubbish. And they don't have the finesse to clean it. Because they sow sparingly into their work. They have time for African magic. They don't have time to develop their trades. Excellence always requires extra work. When some people design clothes for you, you say, ah, ah, this is near perfect. But some, you say, ah, no, it was a carpenter that made this gown. Mm, it can't be a fashion designer. What is the difference? They pay attention to details. They spend extra time. What's the difference between students that are A students and the ones at the bottom of the barrier? Party today, party tomorrow, one show somewhere. I told one of our sisters, I said, the course you are studying demands 100% attention. And they've given you a post in your school. Don't let that distract you from your career. After university, nobody will remember that post. Even you, it doesn't add to your CV. It adds nothing. This is your career, develop it now. That extra time, that extra effort, you are sowing a seed. So this is not just about money. He that sows sparingly by the grace of God, he also reaps sparingly. But he that soweth bountifully shall also reap how? Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Make it louder. Would you like a bountiful harvest? You're carrying baskets of pineapples, baskets of bananas, baskets of tubers of yam, baskets of oranges, baskets of, you know, rice and beans and all of it. Bountiful harvest and your house is full. That will be your portion in Jesus' name. Next verse, as I wrap this up. Verse 7. 
Every man according as he proposes in his heart, so let him give. Let him, let him, let him. Oh, no, 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 I have to be led. Let him give. You have been led. Give. Not grudgingly of necessity, but for God loveth a cheerful giver. When you are giving, smile. Hello, I'm giving this 200,000. I smile. Thank you, Lord. Oh, it's very painful. I smile. Woohoo, Lord. Hallelujah. God loves that. Next verse. Verse 8. Verse 8. Now, God is going to get us to this point. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always, always, always having all sufficiency in all things will abound unto every good work. Can I have an amen? amen. Verse 9. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Yes, yes. Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruit of your righteousness. Now he will give seed to the sower, and he will give bread for your food. Amen? If you are a sower, God will minister what to you? Seed. Seed. So watch out this season. If you are a sower, God will give you seed to sow. If you are an eater, he will give you bread. But if you're a sower, you will have both seed to sow and both bread for your own food. Verse 11. Verse 11. We'll stop it there. Being enriched in everything. In the name of Jesus, expression us will be enriched in everything. To all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. People will look at your life and say, thank God for your life. Come on now. A better amen. Galatians 6. Six to nine. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. That's why we give honoraria to our guest ministers. To our ministers. They teach us in the word. We must as a church learn to communicate in all good things. One of our brothers who is having his YMTS in another branch of our church was telling me last Sunday when he was done ministering in the church where he was posted, somebody came and dropped an envelope in his bag. Another person came and put it in his pocket. They put money in his pocket. He said, Pastor, I don't know what to do with that. It was a culture shock to him. Because we don't give here. And there. This is the word of God. Put it in verse 6. Verse 6. Say, let him that is taught in the word communicate, not to speak English. Put your hand in your pocket and communicate to him that teaches you in all good things. In shoes, in clothes, in money, in taking care of the welfare of your preacher. We don't preach it around here because nobody wants to be tagged a beggar. But that's the word of God. Stone Church needs to do more. We don't even do. Senior pastor, nobody cares. His birthday, probably just uh, give him a card. Nobody eats card. Are you getting what I'm saying? So as a church, I decided, I proposed in my heart that every year we'll package some money, money, and give him as a gift as a church. Apart from my own personal gift. He teaches us the word. We might not be doing that every Sunday, but there must be an occasion or we create occasions when we do that. Churches that do it always flourish. I minister around. I don't just minister. This, before the year runs out, I'm going to minister in about three places. So I'm going to be out of church. Churches that do these things prosper. 
Reverend Bimini Ebota told us that in 2019 when he came. Churches that do these things prosper. You don't find anyone among them. The people that are poor, they are very few. They prosper. They take care of their pastors. I don't want to be mentioning names of churches. They do well. Our own is, I don't have. I don't have. What do I have now? How much do I have, Seth? That I don't have, I don't have mentality should stop. And I don't want it in the expression house. Because if you have that mindset, you will never have. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Are you with me? So somebody say, I have something. I have something to give every time. I abound unto every good work. The grace of God is multiplied to me. So I am not poor. I'm not broke. I'm not looking for what to get. I'm, 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 I'm looking for opportunities to give. Can I have an amen to that? We must have that kind of mentality. He was shocked. He said, Pastor, what do I do? I said, take it. Spend it. Enjoy it. Pay your tithe. Give thanks to God. Enjoy the money. Be a blessing also to other people. I said, that's the scripture. That's what the Bible says. That's how to relate to your pastors, to your preachers. When you take care of their welfare, God takes care of yours. Are you with me? One of our sisters who traveled to Canada, in their church, they were planning their convention. No, we're planning Dunamis this year. So the pastor was raising offering for their own levy for Dunamis. And after everybody had given, she called the pastor and gave XYZ dollars. And the pastor was so shocked, a little girl like you. And he called my pastor in Satellite Church. He said, see what this girl did. And my pastor in Satellite Church said, don't you know what Fred has taught them? And I'm glad. That's a good one for me. And that girl is doing well. Really doing well. This is how to live. God doesn't want us broke. God doesn't want us to have bills that we can't pay. That we are now the people looking for help. No. God has made us help us to other people. But for us to assume that status, we need to do the needful. You don't pray your way into prosperity. Prayer has a role to play. But your giving has a role to play. You want to eat corn, for example, you have a farmland. Do you go to pray over your farmland? Father, in the name of Jesus, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Elijah, Moses. Corn! By this time, three months' time, I want to eat corn from this soil. Oh, I will pray for six hours on this farmland. Corn! Corn grow! Corn grow! Corn! That man will be like a con at the end of three months. His neck, you know how long con is. How do you get con? You sow. Amen? And then you water it. And then you do some weeding. You take care of it. And in three months time, there will be more than enough con in your pot. I like the today own kind of con. I don't know how to say that in English. Forgive me. Today own. You know today own. The court of today. How do you say that in, in Spanish? Now, Oriofa is a lawyer. She's teaching me English. She said fresh. And I don't think fresh is the same as today own. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's usually sweet. And you can have that. 
But how do you have that? Somebody has to go to the field and sow a seed. You sow nothing, you reap nothing. You sow prayer, you reap prayer. Praise God. People will come and say, we are praying for you. We are really praying for you. God bless you. God bless you. We are praying for you. Because that's what you've sown. Stand on your feet, everybody. Glory be to God. I took extra time in dawn service. I needed to get this point across. But I'm glad I'm fulfilled. Glory be to God. Father, we honor you today. And we praise you. Thank you. Thank you for your word. As we prepare our hearts to meet you this week, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday and Sunday, at the Ablaze Conference, Lord, we ask that you please invade our hearts. Liberate your children. Everyone dealing with one form of oppression or the other, Lord, liberate your church. Everyone struggling with secret sins. Everyone struggling with a sickness or a disease that they can't even tell anybody. Lord, invade their space. Bring healing, Lord. Bring salvation. Bring health. Bring deliverance. Our hope is renewed. Our faith is released. Lord, please honor your church with your presence. As we prepare to host your majesty, Come, Lord Jesus. Come, King Jesus. And take your place. Thank you, precious Father. And so may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the sweet communion of the precious Holy Spirit, rest and abide with us now and forevermore. For in Jesus' name, somebody shout amen.